1: Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt. Boom, Boom, Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J. Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen
2: is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. more. Wrestle Talk. now is Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis and I'm joined
1: by lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you?
2: I'm doing terrible because I've just opened up the Hyper, the Omega Chat document that our wonderful mods prepare for us. Have you seen this? Oh, there's lots of crazy fonts going on. Oh, it's all Comic Sans. <laughs> Uh, and what they're doing is they're copy and pasting from a different thing and making sure it's Comic
1: Sans. Ugh. These sick sons of bitches. Absolutely disgusting behaviour. Do you know what I think is also disgusting behaviour? So I, Do I tell. I I teased this up uh, ever so slightly on the Raw podcast. I did a bit of shopping, clothes shopping, because uh, lockdown restrictions are easing here in the UK. So we're actually now allowed to go out and see people. Rule of six. Minimize your travel, of course. Don't go crazy with this. Also, if you are going to go places, pick up your trash, for God's sake. Footage on the news this morning made me sick to my stomach. Um pick up your pick up your rubbish anyway i've realized that i haven't bought any new clothes since january of 2019 actually probably since you and i last time you and i had like the argument on the show about clothes and that
2: the civil wardrobe the
1: civil wardrobe would have been the last time that i actually bought stuff right been the last time i bought a pair of jeans bought some shorts and since that time my jeans have faded my shorts have fallen apart I needed a new wardrobe. I need a fresh look because I'm going out to like see people again. So, you know, you want to kind of like look your best, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, d- I not, don't know where you
2: paused. Have, have you not worried about this at all? I thought, well, I thought you were doing a thing. I thought that was I a am rhetorical a question. Okay. Yes, I do, but I agree with you. You should look respectable and nice when you meet people in public.
1: Okay, so I bought some clothes, right? And right. Um, I bought them all the same size because mm-hmm. I'm a thirty, I'm a thirty-four waist, and I'm a thirty-two leg. I did the measurements. I know what me things are. So I'm like, cool, that's we grand. Went through I just... this. We went through this, though. How have we gone through this? 34 inches is the same no matter where you are in the no. world. And, so, and some of them, and I bought these, and some of them would come, and the 34 fit absolutely perfectly because I'm a 34 waist. Some of them are huge on me. It's not like a tiny bit of difference. The disparity is nonsense.
2: We had, honestly, we had a month of people telling you this is how it is. And you, you know, you, but rightfully, probably, you were like, well, it's silly. I, du- I want the measurements to directly relate to it. Like, Do I, I don't want that to be-
1: I w- What I want is numbers to be numbers. Like, is that mad? If something is 34 inches and I bring it home and it's actually 38 inches, surely then that's not me. I'm not wrong there. The person has made it as wrong because they made something that's 34 inches 38 inches. Sounds like you just want two genders, mate, the way you're
2: talking. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Was, I want a simple world of this? binary.
1: I want, I want my this? inches to be how inches. are you making this a gender issue? <laughs>
2: I'm deflecting the uh, but we've been through this. I would have sympathy. I had I had a degree of sympathy for you when we first had this discussion two years Mm -hmm. ago. But, you know, people who studied fashion at university got in touch with us and said, yeah, you're right. But it's the way it is, because some shops just cater for smaller body sizes. So weirdly. A 34-inch or a 30-inch or whatever it is will be smaller there than a, a shop that caters for larger sizes. The, the 34 is not like – it's a guide, but you still need to try not. the it's clothes an inch. on. It's an inch. An inch
1: is not a guide. It's a measurement. Luke, Luke, we've had <laughs> this conversation.
2: I don't – okay, why are we Why are we going again, over this here's, again?
1: Here's what winds me up, Barley. Here's what winds me up because guess what? I spent money this time. I actually invested money because I thought to myself, my I'm, and the a problem is me. Well, I keep I keep buying cheap clothes. I'm actually and I spent 50 pounds on a pair of jeans. Right? I actually spent yes. money on a pair of jeans. And do you know what? They don't wow. fit me because 34 inches apparently is a different measurement size to Levi's than it is to Skidmark.
2: The the jeans you bought are from Skidmark? From Primark. From Skidmark. Oh, Primark, Primark. That Good joke. I mm-hmm. I always call Asda's range of clothes, which is called George, Georges. <laughs> nice, very good. Nice. Uh, so yes, I I don't know what to say to you. It's the it feels mm-hmm. like the definition of madness because, oh, yeah, like so. I said, we've had oh, yeah. this debate, and I feel like you you resent the world for not have not that the entire fashion world the way clothes are sold commercially. You resent them for not changing in the last two years.
1: Oh, absolutely I am. Of course, everyone else is moving. Everyone else is progressing forward. The world has changed, Oliver Davis. There was a global pandemic. Every industry has had to change, but the fashion industry belligerently stays the same. And it's wrong. And it knows it's wrong because we had emails from people saying, yeah, we know it's wrong. But, like, what can you do? I'll tell you what you could do. Go, but bo- an inch is an inch. Like, it's the same measurement around the world.
2: It's an industry rife for disruption, is what you're saying. I actually was reading about Snapchat. They bought a company in Germany uh, the other month, which is all AR technology, you know, the sort of stupid stuff you, WWE puts over entrances. Scary restore. To put a, yeah, giant Godzilla. But, but, you know, that's the next movie in the Godzilla franchise. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong versus giant Rita Aura from the EE ads. Do
1: you know they it's stopped that. doing it now? Thank God. Ter- they turned it off. Because, what kaiju like, movies? No, like the, uh, the Rita Ora thing. Mm. Because everyone was just taking the piss and it became sort <laughs> of memed. They were like, I don't think this thing works to be honest. Let's just switch it off.
2: So, oh, you made me lose. Oh, yeah, that was it. Uh, this this sort of company works with Topshop or well, not Topshop; they're defunct. But a pl- like a fashion house or a clothes shop to put this AR layer, so you would film yourself, you know, just put the phone up for a selfie to sit, and it would automatically overlay the the product on you. And I Depend- assume that means it will would show you if it fits.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to say that it probably looks rubbish. If Come AR on. is anything to if AR is anything to go by, I don't think it's going to look great. Don't let WWE taint your perception of technology. <laughs> and Rita Aura and Rita Aura. It's not going to
2: have a giant dog going woof woof. Or uh, <laughs> what? What? What's the worst WWE AR?
1: Oh, the Alexa Bliss one hands down
2: the giant face
1: the doll face thing yeah Mm. that's rubbish at least like because it's yeah i suppose the asuka one's got the masks and that but that's not terrible it is
2: i remember the first time (laughs) i saw that i thought it was so dumb and now it's normalized
1: (laughs) now it doesn't even ruffle my feathers So anyway, I felt like I was just doing a parody of Raw then by just putting on the same things that you heard a few years ago at the start of this podcast. You're welcome there, (laughs) listeners. Um, Also, I was just annoyed, so annoyed on my lunch break trying these clothes on. Anywho, let's talk about AEW because it was another cracking show with a great main event. Here it is. stop all right with your
2: feet on the air (laughs) and your head on the ground try this don't do it along with me you know how badly
1: that plays on i was in i was in time with you on my end time for anyone else doing that oh well i was gonna uh, do the whole song No, you (laughs) weren't.
2: Ruined it, though. What (laughs) an episode of AEW Dynamite. The reason we're singing Where Is My Mind by the Pixies is because Tony Khan has spent that dollar dollar. The Khan coin is out. for another proper song licensed for a wrestler. I didn't see it last week. It debuted on last week's episode, wasn't it?
1: Uh, not on last week's episode. I, think. I believe it was on like Dark Elevation or on one of the dark <laughs> shows that they've got on. One, one, of, one the of the 14 five, dark one shows. Five... <laughs> Yeah. What headlined are the more by, of? Headlined by one of the three members, or, uh, three members of the Nightmare Family against six of the other members of the Nightmare Family in a real Elevation-style match. I was going to say, have they got more dark shows or have they got more
2: members of the Nightmare Family? I don't know no. anymore. But yes, The Khan Coin is out. This was our first look at Orange Cassidy's new entrance music. It's one of my personal favourite songs of all time. It's the ending song for Fight Club, which is just one of the best endings to a film of all time. It brings me so much joy, and it just feels like a boxing match, you know, when they do those big extravagant intros and entrances, when you've got actual songs that you've heard on the actual radio. I love wrestling entrance music but i think actual music is very sorely missing from wrestling as a piece of entertainment so i was so so happy for that
1: Uh, i i will just apologize to everyone uh ollie's internet is dreadfully bad at the moment it's like like really like i mean producer rich is saying is no one downloading stuff at the moment because you are you are broadcasting from a potato at about three frames a second. I'm going to leave and come back. Yeah, you tried that. I'll I'll cover for you for a, a little bit. People will now get to see a little bit wider of my room because it turns out that this banner doesn't actually fill the whole room, just the screen. But yes, uh, so Orange Cassidy has now got the Pixies. Where is my mind is his entrance theme. Uh, also, it's one of my favorite songs. I've seen the Pixies live a fair number of times. Uh, they're an excellent, ex. Oh, look at that crystal clear quality now. You know what it was? What was it? The porn.
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had so much porn mm-hmm. on. It just stopped everything up. So, sorry about that, folks. Let's get back to saying how great uh, the main the event and the that. episode
1: was. Oh, right. You want to talk about the wrestling. Okay. I thought we were just going to talk about them. Because I saw them live at Reading Festival 2006, maybe 2005, maybe? They were excellent. A reunion, really, was it? Really, really great. Yeah, I think they had done a bit because I think the Smashing Pumpkins headlined one of the other nights. But anyway, they were terrific. It was a really, really great show. Did they both point at each other in the Spider-Man meme? (laughs) (laughs) No, but like Billy Corgan did get mad annoyed at the crowd because they didn't do um, Bullet with the Bullet with the Butterfly Wings. There's like a bit of a breakdown uh, in that that he was expecting the crowd to do, and the crowd didn't do it particularly well. And he would just went, "Eh, "Good effort," and then just carried (laughs) on playing the song. (laughs) What a douchebag. But, you know,
2: NWA founder now. Everything comes back to wrestling. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. They're both kind of pixies and smashing pumpkins. Now, both in wrestling in 2021. So, this was the main event of this episode. Welcome to the AEW Review Podcast. By the way, I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Owen, which was Arcade. Anarchy. Anarchy. Arcade Anarchy. And in the true AEW style, this is the payoff to what has been a middling, you know, slightly repetitive, tedious feud. It's been going on since like September, probably even before then when Miro debuted. Plans were obviously dropped. Trent got injured. It felt like they had the blow off two months ago, but then it's still happening. This was the payoff. And... It was such a good, it was such a good match, and so much fun. I don't care how sort of week to week
1: average the build was. Yeah, and it's kind of like it's, it's a bit of a, a bit of a trend with the best friend. A trend, uh, trend duh, if you will, sort of worked. Um, because like you remember when they were feuding with Tanal T's, we were like, yeah, no, this is a pretty good it's a decent little feud. It's all right, like, isn't it? And then they had the parking lot brawl. And I was like, oh my god, what an incredible main event that was. That was rad. Such a wicked ending to this feud. This is exactly the same again. You and I, I mean, because these lot have been feuding since I think September last year. It feels like they've been feuding for a long, long time. And you might say, like, well, you always want long-term feuds. You want feuds to go along. There is, a, there is a balance. You remember how Cody's like, was it Cody who said, like, not every feud can be war and peace? Is like, you know, there is also a middle ground, which is just that you can have feud, multiple feuds going on at the same time. But So, like, Kenny Omega and John Moxley have been feuding since Dynamite started, actually since Double or Nothing, and that only paid off in December. Like, it can be done. But this was, like, getting. it was either on TV a lot or just not on TV at all it just wasn't going anywhere but this was such a great finish to me it was such a fun match like they announced arcade anarchy and we were like okay yeah gimmick match um uh, you know it is what it is it'll probably be a cinematic match no this was just a match and they had arcade machines i, I went through and i was trying to name all the arcade machines that were there they had whack-a-mole they had air hockey they had uh, grab machines and stuff and they just had a fun hardcore brawl and it then featured i, I mean i popped so hard for the trent return Because what about the Chris Statlander return? I mean, yeah, caught me by surprise. I was I was going to get to Statlander, but the reason I popped so hard for the Trent return is a I didn't think he was back so soon, and b because they'd done the Statlander return, I didn't think there would be like another return on Mm. top of that. It was like Statlander was a beautiful red herring because it was again a return that I don't think anyone really expected, but because of that, the other one felt so much more surprising. Because there's a moment when um. Uh, Kentucky gentleman Chuck Chuck Taylor was like trying to escape, as was Orange Cassidy. And the commentator's like, are they trying to run away? Where are they going? All of a sudden, a minivan pulls up, and you're like, "Ah, it's Sue! And then (laughs) out gets Trent. And you're like, "Ah, and it's Trent! Oh my god, it was so, so great. When Miro went after Trent, I could feel the heat. I feel like the heat from the crowd because Miro was going to go after Sue. Oh, I loved it. It was that, because
2: how else do you get to the arcade? Your mum, your mum gives you a lift. Yeah, of course, absolutely. It's how, yeah, it was so good. There were so many spots beyond the returns, uh, just to name a few. Uh, when Statlander came back, which was in one of the
1: grabbing machines, you know, the metal claw. So apparently, uh, apparently, I just go into the chat. Those are called UFO catchers in the states. Just grabbing machines over here. That's what oh, I call I know, them. What she, do you call I, them? Well, no, I call them a grab machine as well. But the reason why a UFO, she's an <sighs> alien, mate, isn't she? Hmm. I, yeah, I keep, keep forgetting
2: that willingly, <laughs> but I'm glad she's back. She's great. Yeah. And she just pops up through the cuddly toys. So it was a gimmick to UFO machine. It was a working one uh, because Penelope Ford was trying to interfere, had already broken up a pin. And she just like looks at her. Ford's like, oh, crap. And Statlander whacks the Perspex screen out. You know, screw you, COVID precautions. I'm not staying in a dome. And it like whacked into Penelope's face. And then she gets her up on the apron and hits this sick like twisting driver off the apron through an air hockey table on Ford. That was great. Uh, There was the whack-a-mole spot where Kip Sabian was in the thing. He was hitting him with their head. And then like my personal favorite, you know, when uh, you get the prizes and arcade and get the tickets, they had loads of different hardcore weapons with their sort of ticket prices, a five thousand. but the most dastardly one, the highest price ticket item was this cuddly toy bear. And Trent rips it off at one point and I thought, ah, this'll be fun, how show like. Let's hit people with the bear and everyone sells it. You reveal a brick inside. Oh, it was a brick, but it was more than one. He he tore it open and rather than thumbtacks, there were Lego bricks everywhere, and he ended up getting power bombed onto them.
1: Just so much fun so much fun love the lego i thought i was going to get a bit wound up by it at first because tony shivani at first went oh it's legos and i was like no tony don't mm. you do this you know as well as i do that lego is the plural of lego there's no such thing as Legos." <laughs> then he stopped and then he stopped himself and he just called them lego after that so it was fine but um oh man it was so cool absolutely loved it i i, I you know popped for a, a thumbtack spot we saw that when the the lights out and sanction match a couple of weeks ago but there's something there's an extra level of fun with it being lego like it's just Mm. i I loved it so much and then like but this also made miro look amazing this whole match is yes. this whole feud has been designed to really put Miro over so there's times when they're like the babyface are beating up Sabian but then Miro will just come through and just tear through everyone and just like even when Trent made his return and it was three on one it was Trent Taylor and Orange Cassidy Miro was still like almost standing tall it was only because the numbers kind of got the better of him and he distracted himself with Sue that the babyfaces were able to overcome so it got over Miro I think it got over Sabian I think everyone came out of this looking great and I I just thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you've got to think because it was Chucky who pinned Kip in the end, doing a sort of, uh, I think it was power a, slam, a running power slam, power slam. stage
1: through some tables.
2: Yeah. So Chucky, uh, sorry, Kip lost there. They didn't I thought we might get the breakup here, but I think wisely they help they've held off on that. So we might get that next week. And then finally we can have Miro properly breaking out, become that singles crush Rusev, crush destroyer we all want him to be. But yeah, like you said, everyone ended up more over than when they started. And just like a really sweet ending of the best friends, with Chris Statlander now. She's part of their Mm -hmm. faction. Orange Cassidy tweeted out after the show that the alien sits with us now. And they just do their thumbs up to Trent's mum, Sue, (laughs) and she gives them the thumbs up back, all while Where Is My Mind by the Pixies is playing. I was just like, I in love pro
1: wrestling. Yeah, I laughed so much. Because like the three of them get into the ring and you've got give the people what they want. And they do the big like Rainmaker camera zoom for the hug and everything. And then they do it again with Statlander and they do another zoom. Give the people what they want again. And then they all stop. and They all look up at Sue and they give a big thumbs up to her. And Sue, out the window of a car, gives them a big thumbs up back. <laughs> proper, I pissed myself laughing. I had a proper chuckle at this this morning. Yeah. And it's just
2: like this is sort of Cassidy's strength, taking what is a joke. AEW's strength as well. I'd say Jericho exhibits it a lot, too, is taking what seems like a comedy or a joke segment. And actually, by the end of it, that's just a Trojan horse to get you in for all the emotional feels. Because this was this wasn't like throwaway comedy. This wasn't goofy, didn't undermine anything. All of the. All of the goofy arcade spots made sense. Like you're still yeah. hitting someone with a weapon. Lego bricks aren't worked. So I, it's not. Yeah, I, I thought this was, you know, Orange Cassidy's half-ass in a in a character way. You've got an alien out there as well. But then. It's not like that's undermining anything. It's not like The Fiend and Alexa Bliss where it's like, oh no, they're literal supernatural people. It's just these are their characters. So yeah, I I loved it.
1: I thought it was so much fun. Yeah, really, really enjoyed this main event. The the returns were a a lovely cherry on top to this because as I said, I didn't think Trent was coming back this soon. Mm. I really thought he'd be out for much longer. And actually, because she's been away for so long, I think a lot of people have had forgotten about Statlander, you know, yeah. because like, and that's nothing against Statlander is nothing against AEW. It's just, she's been out for ages. She's been out for so, so long now. So I'd, and I'd, there'd been no reports about her coming back in this that, and the other. So it felt like a, a real lovely surprise to see Statlander back and we've been talking about you know AEW's refresh of its women's division and them spending you know a little while trying to build these new styles I think they're really trying to make something out of Ty particularly particularly Anna Jay's now out and you know they were doing all the stuff with Thunder Rosa and Brett Baker it feels like a really good time for Statlander to come back into this much refreshed women's division
2: let's see what you'll think get your omega chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support we'll read out every single one of them by the end of the show if it goddamn kills us uh, Zachary Dean McKinley says, I popped hard during the arcade anarchy, both when Statlander popped out of the claw machine and Sue Van showed up. The match was rad as hell and a great cherry on top of AEW, wonderful wrestling Sunday that they put on last night. Uh, Sari says, unable to watch the stream live, so I'll send these early. Arcade anarchy was just pure fun chaos. Perfect ending to an exhausting episode. Random question, what match feud will eventually culminate in AEW's first two out
1: of three falls match? Omega Page. It's my answer for everything.
2: Omega Ricada. Oh. I don't know. I Omega Okada 4. <laughs> Matthew McFadden, as someone who lost their mum right before my 18th, seeing everyone give a big thumbs up to Sue after Arcade Anarchy was off the scale in terms of wholesomeness, almost tears of joy. Also, Orange Cassidy for TNT Champion, give the people what they want. I'm not sure I want that.
1: Mm, yeah, there's. I mean, because is character, we saw this last year, overexposure of Cassidy can really devalue him. Like we saw that during the Jericho feud. So yeah, so I think having him as a champion is you've got to know what, like I, I think you need to tread very carefully with that.
2: Uh, Rain Tech, good afternoon. I was dreading the Arcade Anarchy match due to the stony story. Sorry, stony. It is a bit of a stoner feud as well. Story overstaying its welcome quite a bit, but man, leave it to AEW to turn S-word into gold. Hashtag calm that coin. Hashtag jam that jam. Uh, Nate S. Oh, Anthony Velasquez. I was over with this best friends and Miro Sabian feud. Then they go do an awesome match like this though I hope this is the end. Don't need to see more matches from these teams.
1: Yeah, I think this is the end now, yeah.
2: Nade S, one awesome feel-good ending to a show. I didn't think there was any way Arcade Amaki would top the rest of the show because it was just amazing, but AEW finds a way to deliver. I love wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Austin Mm -hmm. Falco. The stat and the surprise was genius. Of course she's inside the claw game, like a Toy Story alien in a match featuring Kip and Penelope, who she got injured against, and helping Orange Cassidy, who she has been in the elite chemistry with, such a fun feel-good ending to the show. Yeah, I really liked all those bits coming together too. David 99 Mets, three three three-man tag. Six-man tag, I think you mean. Match uh, in back-to-back weeks. Oh, three three three-man Three three three-men tags in back-to-back weeks
1: with great wrestling. Give me a yes, please. AEW sure does love a six-man tag match. And you know what? So does this guy right here. This guy right here loves a six-man tag team match.
2: It's the perfect way to fill TV with all of your stars, progress feuds without giving away the singles match. That's why New Japan do it. That's why ROH do it. That's why... All of Mexican wrestling does it. But, a, but WWE just like a, a weirdly allergic to it, apart from the Shield-Wyatt family days when they just, you know, booked them all the time because numbers.
1: Yeah, there was a period of time when WWE, particularly on Raw, were doing like six-man tags to end off their shows. This is like ten or so years ago now. It was the and Shield-Wyatt like every, family. Yeah, and, and everyone was period. like, oh, that's, that's it. Like, I remember Vinnie V on the Bride and Vinny show being like, man, I just love the way the Raw ends every week because it's always a real fun six-man tag and they go out there and have a real fun match.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mega Train 84. Statlander and the Grabber also made me think of Toy Story with the claw. The claw. It moves. James Hanley. I went into the match just wanting Miro to destroy everyone and this story to mercilessly end. But by the end of the match, I was so happy with both returns and the face win. Side note as a parent, I cringed harder for that Lego spot than anything else. And uh, Nates, hopefully Mero breaks away now. He looked awesome in defeat, even after Trent returned. When Mero went on a rampage, I thought he was still going to beat the numbers advantage. That I mean, that's probably why he looks so strong coming out the end of it. Uh, good Dharma, Thursday, and you know what that means. How not to love this company. After the one out of five Tuesday, five out of five Thursday. Everyone looks amazing. Loved from start to end. Popped huge for Chris and Trent's mum. Oli-Chan, cutest in the world. Luke, come here. Yes, please. Yes, please. Wait for it. And also... Yeah, Rowdy thought we were done with that. Zeki the freak, yes, that one. Full disclosure, I don't really watch AEW consistently. I go back and watch or try to catch it live for certain things, but I always watch but I always watch WrestleTalk because I trust your opinion on good wrestling. Maybe now they can give Miro a singles push. Hashtag #jam that jam. Pretty sure that's coming. And finally, for now, new punk rants. I love AEW so much it hurts. 10 feuds I'm heavily into. Love the entire roster. They even had me liking Caesar Bononi. The soothing made me cry. The Inner Circle is my favourite
1: faction since Wolfpack. Just had to gush. Tony Khan is the GOAT. Oh, don't say that on Twitter. People will go mad. Remember we won an award in The Observer recently? A fan voted for an award. People lost their minds.
0: Where is, the there,
2: <laughs> Where is the mark? Where is the mark? So, the full play-by-play review of the show. It started
1: with Christian oh. Cage versus Kazarian. <laughs> Oh my, okay. I mean, I said this on last week's review and stuff, but my, my inner TNA mark from 04 through to 08, 09 properly was, I was so looking forward to this match. I am a Christian cage mark. I always have been a Christian cage mark. And like, I know there were some people who were disappointed with him being the hall of fame worthy signing. I totally get it. And I think that AEW did overhype it to their own detriment. I really do think that's the case. And I completely agree with everyone's criticisms against that. But when Christian Cage came out to wrestle here and he then had a near 20 minute match with uh, Frankie Guzzeri, and I was like, this is why, this is why I love Christian Cage. This is why I was so excited for him in AEW. Like I I genuinely thought they were either gonna have him lose or go to a time limit draw in his first match. And it was just, like, they worked me so well during this. And, like, it, I love watching Kaz work. I love watching Christian wrestle. It was so lovely to see again. Did they outwork you, though, Luke? They did outwork. Did I don't know they if they outworked outwork everyone. You? I don't know if they outworked everyone, but they certainly outworked me.
2: Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. There was this leg drop from Kaz, because Kaz dominated the match, but not in, mm-hmm. like, a way where you're like, oh, Christian looks rubbish here. In sort of a, like, oh, my God, Christian uh this this wasn't the plan he meant to yeah he meant to be going for the the title right away right that's what we all feared no he's really working from the bottom. He is going to outwork everyone by seemingly doing these near time limit matches, and yeah, there was this leg drop spot from Kaz about ten minutes in, and before then I was like, you know I'm enjoying this match, but you never know whether whether it's going to be a Zack Ryder, you know, someone who didn't really fit in with the AEW style, or if it's going to go another way and really, really work, uh, like a Brodie Lee, for instance. And I was like, well, you know, I'm I'm enjoying seeing Christian back; it's first time back after seven years. But and then this leg drop and near fall, and I was like, oh my god! I thought he was gonna, <laughs> I thought he was gonna lose. And from yeah. then, I was so emotionally invested; it was like
1: a kill switch was flipped. Oh uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it, yeah, it was so, so great. Like Christian, in this match took a, a flux capacitor, He's a top rope Spanish fly from Kazarian. It was like, yeah, this is Christian's first singles match, proper singles match, you know not including the Randy Orton angle from last year in seven years. Like that's a long old time, and they were telling that story in this match that this is his mm. first you know, first in-ring encounter in seven years in the singles-like style. And it was told really well. It was a really fun story. And as I said, like, I thought we might go to a time limit draw here, which I thought would have been real interesting. And in the end, K- K- like, Christian won because Kaz beat himself. Kaz, in a, frustra- a moment of frustration, charged a Christian Cage. Christian ducked out the way. Kaz posted himself. And that posting turned, in- turned around, and that's when um, Cage hit the unprettier for the win. And it was like, Throughout the match, he was trying to get the Unprettier, but Kaz kept powering out of it. Kaz only managed to get hit by it because he hit the post. They did call it the kill switch here, yeah. not the Unprettier. Oh, I, I know, but it'll always be the Unprettier in my I house. know,
2: I wrote Unprettier in my notes at first. I thought, I've, I've got to get rid of this now. <laughs> People keep shouting at me. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was so sort of dramatic near the end. that I was starting to fantasy book, okay, if he does lose... what? Does he do a sort of one more match thing, make it all a heel shtick? Like, become the super heel version of the legend who thinks they deserve the title match. Uh, but no, I much prefer this. I'm really excited now. And I hope everyone who was sort of let down by heightened expectations with the Christian thing can now, like, oh, no, this is a very, very good thing. And, and we can yeah. move forward with it. Uh, after that, uh, we with- got Darby. Um-
1: oh. I just thought sorry, I thought you might find this a bit fun. We actually had a, a, a Patreon mailbag in about this a couple of weeks ago. That in um WWE you have Devon Dudley, Edge, and Jeff Hardy. And in AEW, you've got um Christian, you've got um Matt Hardy, no. and you get the possibility you could get Bubba Ray in there. So you've essentially got like either side <laughs> of, <laughs> of the triangle ladder match. That's so weird. Yeah,
2: do a really slow, brutal uh, just triple threat TLC match next year. <laughs> uh, after that, we got Darby Allin taking, taking Sting to a bridge to throw money off the bridge because it's not all about money. Matt Hardy in one of those sort of short films he does. Jade Cargill cut a very good sort of pre tape promo. And then we got The Nightmare War. So what mm-hmm. happened here? Just to describe the segment, it was a match between Q- Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall, but it was an unsanctioned match by AW. This was sort of Nightmare Family rules. Arn Anderson was the special, match. yeah. Arn Anderson was the special guest enforcer. The Nightmare Family trainees were around the ring. It was sort of QT's been weird recently, and this is like, okay, we're gonna settle this within our faction. It was that kind of. I, I really like the idea. Um, QT just. Does not get anything really, even though he's trying to like target Cody's arm. Cody's on top, so QT just punches Arn Anderson and walks off, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And QT looks sad. But then, three of the Nightmare Family trainees, who are Nick Komaroto, Anthony Ogogo, and Aaron Solo, turned on the rest of the faction and had a pretty brutal beatdown. And it looks like we've got a new heel faction from within the Nightmare Family.
1: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. This this surprised me because I you, mm. uh, the review that me and Laurie did last week, I was like, I'm not really into this QT Marshall thing. Like, I'm not feeling it, man. And like and I said, it's so typical of Cody Rhodes to just sort of like add gimmicks with on gimmicks, you know, which just being like, we'll have an exhibition match and Arn Anderson will be the special guest. And I was like, all right, <laughs> okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll just sit here and stroke the ego of Cody for a little bit. Particularly then because at the start of this match, there's about a thousand people at ringside who are all part of the Nightmare family. And then Cody Rhodes comes out with even more of them like more of the members <laughs> like flanking him and stuff I'm like this is so silly and then yeah they just sort of had an, an exhibition and it really did feel like you were watching a like a wrestling training school because you had all the trainees on the outside watching the two more experienced wrestlers in the ring kind of showing you showing them the ropes and it was you know they i, I wrote my notes they do wrestling and it was you know it was perfectly fine and then the angle at the end totally turned me around on this and i was like so into this and i love a faction which is a good job, really, because AEW's got a thousand of them. I, I really, really like it. And I like that we got more of them. I like that everyone is part of a group. Everyone is part of a clique. <coughs> so I, I was really quite into this. And it's, I, I think them targeting Lee Johnson was a really mm-hmm. smart move because that, like, a lot of this started from Lee Johnson's promo when he picked up his win and thanked all the members of the Nightmare family, but not QT Marshall. So targeting him, beating up Dustin Rhodes like, was a really nice touch because of the Nightmare, whatever they were called. Natural nightmares, yes, um, and yeah. I just thought there was some really, really good stuff on this, and I actually thought we were going to write Cody off TV. I thought they were really going to, like, you know, <laughs> been uh, thinking that I, for I, weeks. I, I, well, I, I know, and they, they worked me again, and then, um, R- red velvet. This the the constant stand-in for Brandy Rhodes uh, ran out to to make the save for uh for Cody Rhodes. Uh, so it was yeah, I, I enjoyed this.
2: Yeah, it was a good beatdown spot as well. It wasn't just punching them steel chairs on the ground. They put the steel steps on the stage, the entrance part of the stage, and did a pile driver on Dustin Rhodes by QT. I, I really liked that. It made them, it like, elevated them above everyone else, which I think is quite a good physical staging of the story they're trying to tell. I So I've been into the QT storyline. It started back at Revolution when QT walked out on Dustin in the Battle Royal. I've liked the slow build of it, But I also totally understand why everyone's like, okay, it's a dark feud. I I don't care about it. Um, But I think now, that to show that this isn't about making QT a megastar, which I don't think, like, it's no one's got anything against QT, but I don't think anyone's clamoring for that either, compared to who else they've got on the roster. Now it's not about QT. It's about getting these three young, exciting guys over and getting them more exposure and experience. And that's what the bulk of this show was about. Like, you yeah. had Anthony Agogo, Aaron Solo, and Nick Komaroto here, who should be called, like, the O's, I think. All of their last yeah. names are, hey, the big O's. Hey, the big O was Zack Ryder's
1: buddy. <gasps> Do you remember? In the Long Island story. Are you trying to tell me that you think that Zack Ryder's going to come back again?
2: I think the big O's coming back. Ozone,
1: oh, ah, uh, like you've got them, you've got
2: Ty Conti later, Cesar Bononi next. Like this was a show that really was building up, not just like new talent that you've heard about from Impact and stuff like
1: Ethan Page, who would hear from shortly.
2: This is homegrown talent.
1: Yeah, this is what the nightmare factory has been all about. It's actually, you know, it's and we've seen a lot of that in the uh, COVID era of AEW, which, you know, it's been a long old time now. It's been over a year that we are trying to use, you know, they are using the nightmare factory as like the base for, you know, the first few months of this that we're trying to like get these people on TV and try and create some new stars out of them. We've also seen it in the tank division with top flight and with the acclaimed and things like that, just trying to make some new, some new homegrown stars. And I'm all for that. All for it. It's future proofing yourself.
2: Yeah. Um, after that, we had Ethan page and Scorpio sky cut a dueling promo, but then they were together. They're going to be a tag team on elevation on Monday. Not what I hoped for for a Sky
1: Heel turn and Nathan an Page debut. I don't know if they're like a fully formed tag team now, or if they were just doing this to promote the fact they're going to have a match on Dark Elevation, Dark Two.
2: I just, I wish they had something a bit more for them. Yeah. Upon return and the signing, uh, but you can't have everything on the show. This was it's stacked enough as it is. Maybe AEW should not sign anyone for a bit. <gasps> Oliver Davis. But the card <laughs> uh, Jade Cargill attacked Rad Velvet in a post uh, beatdown interview. Then we got John Moxie kind of in a really good promo. Uh, they all are. He's like a freaking beat poet of violence, just the way the cadence, the way he speaks. And he had a match against Cesar Benoni who is sort of flanked with his, his he's got a faction of JD yeah. Drake and Ryan Nemeth. And having that numbers advantage, that helped the match go on a little bit longer than a squash. So Caesar looked good, Moxley looked good when he eventually choked out Benoni, and it also got over that idea that John Moxley is alone
1: right now, mm-hmm. particularly because he hasn't got Kingston at his side because he was taken out by the Good Brothers and Omega. Yes, that's I actually didn't pick up on that. That's a really nice touch. Yes, yeah, so that was that was good. Mm, it's good stuff. Good uh, stuff. David. Oh, I thought you'd gone for complete then. You froze again. I thought I might
2: have lost. No. Him, you're still here. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say more things, but yes, it was oh, good. No. <laughs> uh, Team Taz had their latest. Uh, yeah, Brian Cage is totally
1: fine. Ricky Starks has been such a brilliant douchebag in these. <laughs> he's so great i'm really enjoying this i also love the fact they were all sitting in a row it was really Mm. nice but like taz standing behind them um and yeah like there are totally issues here between starks and cage but taz at the end of it was just like as you can see everything is fine like (laughs) team taz stronger than ever uh after that we got just an one of
2: (sighs) this freaking episode (laughs) But I say this every week. This was a really, really excellent segment next. It was sort of pre-filmed. I can't remember if it said later in the day or if it was happening right now. But it's MJF in the locker room with the pinnacle. And he's like, hey, I've splashed the cash. I've got us all suit designers. I'm getting an interior designer in to fix whatever this horrible smell is coming from the toilet. He opens the toilet door in their locker room and there is Chris Jericho, Santana and Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara standing there. He looks at them, and he just closes the door. You know, right, we got to go now. It was perfect, perfect timing and staging. Plus, Jericho looked awesome. Like, yeah. this was cool Jericho. And I knew it. I freaking knew it. He can look cool, but he chooses to not on purpose. The Painmaker gimmick, the face paint it's meant to make the dad bod. It's meant to make you boo him.
1: I The dad bod, I agree with. The face paint, I do not. I still think he thinks the face paint is cool. Oh, you are being worked. Luke. Maybe I am being, I am being worked, but have you heard of Fuzzy Album? This is the sort of thing <laughs> that he thinks looks cool. The
2: Fuzzy Album is also heel heat. <laughs> He's it's a really part of the committed. Work. He didn't put his own merch on sale when he was a heel. He could have made a oh,
1: fortune, yeah. but he didn't. He didn't. So you're yeah, telling he, me then he then wouldn't he, go and he, start a band right. just to get also, the heel heat? But then he also, like, when he like left WWE and he started doing stuff with the bucks and everything, sold about 25 different t shirts a week. Yeah. Because he knew you would like that if he if he didn't sell
2: the merch. <laughs> he was working you again. The motorcycle rally, heel heat. Brilliant guy. Uh, he, this then just prompted this epic brawl backstage where everyone kind of paired off with their alternate universe other. You know that, that scene in Shaun of the Dead when they're yes. walking along the back pass and they mm-hmm. pass sort of doppelgangers of them on their own separate mission? That's yeah. what the Inner Circle and Pinnacle are.
1: I love that. I love that as a comparison. Yeah, because you had FTR with Santana and Ortiz, you had Sammy with uh Sean Spears, you had Wardlow and Jake Hager, and you had Jericho and MJF. It was really, really cool because they did and like, man, alive. <laughs> Uh, bloody Dax cut a gusher in all of this. I've no, I've no idea what happened, but he like he pokes <laughs> up images. He had to get stitches and everything, but like all of a sudden he's just like bleeding like no one's business. Uh, when like Cash is just being pushed into a little bit of water, but like and it turns around to so, like Dax is this bloody mess. <laughs> so oh, it's that kind of brawl. I thought <laughs> yeah. we were gonna like throw food at each
2: other, um, but yeah, they finished with. Uh, Jericho dunking MJF's face in the toilet, giving him a swirly, and MJF's got this wet face. And, you know, like, this is the brilliance of MJF. I love MJF. Like, I, I'm i a big fan of his. But in this moment for the character, I was like,
1: yeah, screw you, you son of a bitch. I'm glad he had your face in a toilet. Yeah, it was awesome. And, like, uh, I know what I particularly loved about this is that, you know, the, the toilet swirly, it is comedy. Like it was just being like, you know, eat this, year, son of a bitch. You know, I'm, I'm, you're literal crap. I'm putting you down the toilet. And then Jericho just grabs him and just to, you know, punctuate this, to add a little bit of seriousness, throws him through the vending machine thing. So this glass goes everywhere and stuff. And it really felt like a massive beat down of MJF. And I, I, I just loved everything about this. But it was really, really terrific.
2: That vending machine bit at the end. Uh, I, I thought it right away, and, and a lot of people have done the side-by-side comparisons. I didn't know it went this deep, but Jericho says to MJF before he does that, something along the lines of, things are about to get a whole lot worse. And he throws them into the vending machine. That's the exact same line he said to Shawn Michaels in the 2008 all-time great Geritron oh, wow. turn angle before he threw Shawn Michaels' head into the Geritron.
1: Amazing. I love that. That's really,
2: really cool. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's really cool. I cannot wait for this feud to continue. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm on the edge of my seat. I love it. Uh, After that, Don Callis uh, sort of went up to Matt Jackson. I've written Matt Hardy here, Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks backstage. He accused Matt of betraying Kenny Omega for leaving him last week and slapped Matt Jackson. But Matt didn't do anything back,
1: which led into... He was mm. trying to goad him. Like what he wants, what Callis is after is the young bucks of New Japan. He wants heel young bucks because if he has heel young bucks, they'll be on Kenny's side. That's what he's after. So he was trying to goad Matt into feeding <clears throat> him up and showing him that New Japan side. And there's a moment like where he slaps him and then he proper like faint, like being like, oh no, no, don't hit me, don't hit me. And Matt like grabs him by the lapels mm-hmm. then just lets him go, you know, pats him down. And the cash is just like, that's all you've got? Just can't believe that's all you've got. I, I thought it was a really, really nice bit from Callis really. I I really yeah. enjoyed this to so then lead into this six-man tag.
2: Yeah, six-man tag of Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Pentagon Phoenix and the Rado Kid. Just started off crazy, had a normal-ish middle relatively, and then went super insane at the end again. But the Rado Kid is a has he been signed? He just started turning up a lot.
1: No, I think he was there last week, which makes me Mm. think, because obviously this is the taped episode of the show. Sure, sure. Likely then just, you know, because he did a taping there, like kind of with Maki Ito, you know, we've got two weeks out of you because you were there for one week.
2: Well, it's really, really freshens things up for a show that constantly feels fresh, does make it feel like part of a larger international world. And yeah, the the, the Laredo Kid...
1: Sorry, and as a few people pointed out last week as well, like the last time Laredo Kid teamed with the Lucha Brothers, it was against Kenny and the Bucks Mm. at the very first Fighter Fest. There's kind of some nice parallels here, because now last week it was the Bucks with um, Brandon Cutler, and this week it's Kenny with the Good Brothers. So it showed showed the fraction between the the two teams. And it was
2: Laredo Kid with Omega, who had the Mega Championship feud down in AAA, so that ties in there. Mm-hmm. So they they sort of had the bulk of the match here. Although I thought the Lucha Bros versus the Good Bros was an awesome dynamic too. Uh but Kenny wins, uh pinning Laredo with a one-winged angel. Then Moxley turns up on stage afterwards and is like, Oh, is he going to again, go against Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Kenny Omega? No, because the young Bucks are here too, and they chase off the super elite.
1: Loved this ending. I thought it was really, really great. So what was just a, a terrific a terrific six-man tag. I mean, one hmm. of my notes I've written here is like, man, everyone in this ring is flawless. Like there isn't a single person who is out of place. This is just like flawless, brilliant high spot wrestling. And I absolutely adored it. I had so much fun with it. Um, I agree with what you had to say about Penta. And like, I, I do want more for Penta and for Phoenix, you know, kind of in this as well. I just sort of always feel a bit bad for Penta. I just don't know what he has to do to get a storyline. Yeah. I thought he was getting one with Cody,
2: and then he, just, then yeah. he didn't. I, I I, really like... You know, it's like the with the women's division last year, we were like, you've got the talent. Why don't you just book it better? It's so frustrating. That's a WWE thing. That's, you don't do that, AEW. You book everyone <laughs> to the best of their abilities. Pentagon, for me, is their big Latino breakout star. Why would you not want to sort of enhance that audience.
1: Yeah, I know. I completely agree with you. Completely agree. Uh, also in this, I uh, like the when Penta got in for his hot tag, he started doing a load of sling blades. Um, Excalibur on commentary was like, I'm sure everyone's having flashbacks to Hiroshi Tanahashi in New Japan. It's like, oh, forbidden door and that. Uh,
2: after that, we got Britt Baker and Reba having a, a fun... Little promo talking up elevation. Thunder Rose's win doesn't count against her because it was unsanctioned. A uh, mm-hmm. great continue of a heel character. And then we got Nyla Rose and the Bunny teaming up to take on Tyre, Ty, Ty Conti and Sheeda in a match that was really built around Ty Conti.
1: Yeah, as was last week with Nyla Rose. Because like, you, you've now watched the the full episode of Dynamite from last week. Still, still, still got the main it. event to go, yeah. Because last week was, it was really surprised me They did a lot to build Ty Conte last week because she had a singles match with uh, with Nyla Rose. And like both me and Laurie went into it, just being like, ah, yeah, you know, it's just a way for, for Nyla to get a win. And all of a sudden, like Ty Conti, you know, uh, spoilers, wins the match. And it was just like, a, whoa, like, I can't believe that they're, they're putting over Ty. And they're like, this match. It was Shida that was getting worked over to build to the Conti hot tag. And she looked really mm. great doing the hot tag as well. Like the last couple of weeks have been really great for the stock of Ty Conti. Particularly because she not went viral, because obviously not a lot of wrestling does go viral these days. But a lot of wrestling Twitter was praising. She did this pump kick on um, AEW Dark Elevation. that proper, like, I mean, the, the poor lass's head got kicked into the third row. It was like a proper, like, follow through pump kick. So I think she's done a lot to raise her stock and AEW really clearly sees something in her and trying to build her towards maybe a Sheeta feud. And I'm, I'm fully in for it. I'm I'm really enjoying this. And it was actually terrific to see the bunny. Like she hasn't done a lot of wrestling in in AEW. She's been a manager for various different people. So it was great to see her there. And Matt Hardy's promo that he cut on bunny's behalf was about that, which is like, she's never been given the chance in AEW. Now is the time for her to have the shot. And yeah, and it was done to also further the Matt Hardy family versus Dark Order stuff. All in for this, man.
2: Yeah, Uh, Bunny got the win in the end uh, because, oh, I can't remember who interfered, but there was a a kendo stick shot
1: behind the referee's back and she pinned Conti. So even though they're doing- She hit her with the kendo stick. So like uh, Vicky Guerrero caused the distraction and then she hit hit her finishing move, which is called Down the Rabbit Hole. Mm, And it's it's Big Big Show's final
2: cut. Uh, so even even though they were pushing Conti a lot here, they beat her at the end, which I think is such smart booking. It just makes it feel like oh, you're waiting for that big win. Conti for me is uh, along with Benoni uh, are just two really good case studies of how NXT's developmental system does not grow talent. Mm. And I know I'm not meant to shoot on WWE on the AEW show, but I, I think we're long enough into this now where everyone's on board. So I just, I'm, it staggers me that NXT doesn't create stars. They mostly take stars from elsewhere, repackage them a bit, honestly, make them not as good, and then say, hey, look at our cool roster. What AEW has done is taken two people who struggled in that system. That who who had great like Bononi's got a fantastic look, conti has got a fantastic look, and that uh, I think it's Brazilian jiu jitsu background. Like that, they should flourish in that. In any other training school in the world, they would flourish, but they don't in NXT, and and they come to they come to AEW what, a year, six months, and we're we're so excited about them. And that's not just because oh, it's a fresh thing, all oh, those AEW bias. No, they're genuinely better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. I, I... I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I could not agree more. And uh, no, I've got nothing to add to that because I think you put it so perfectly well.
2: Uh, but I will defer to you for the last bit we're going to talk about because we've already covered the main event. We got a promo for Jurassic Express, cutting a promo on bear country. They'll face each other next week. <laughs> and the yeah. match brought to you.
1: By Kong versus Godzilla. Absolutely wonderful. So, Warner Brothers approached TNT about doing like, "Hey, we're gonna have our new film sponsor I something on." on okay. a- well, d- oh yeah, well of course, yeah. So we're just like, <laughs> we're gonna have like, yeah, no, good point. Uh, we're gonna have like, you're gonna have a sponsor. Uh, we're gonna have Kong versus Godzilla sponsor a match. What have you got? Well, obviously, we'll do Jurassic Express versus Bear Country, and the graphic for it is exactly the same as Kong versus Godzilla. And then they're cutting this promo about them, and Marco stunts covering up his arm because He's got a King Kong tattoo and Luchasaurus sees this and he walks off saying, and I'm pretty sure this is a direct quote, come on, man, we're the dinosaurs. And he just walks
2: <laughs> off. There's a great line at the start as well, where Jungle Boy's like, Look, listen here, you animals, and Luchasaurus is like, Whoa, 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 mammals. Oh, no. <laughs> just um,
1: you know, uh, even their right. branded content partnerships are on point. I might watch uh, Kong vs. Godzilla this weekend. I think we're allowed to. I think we've got it now in the UK, uh, available Ooh. on Prime. So I think I might rent it this weekend. I'm going to be all over that as well.
2: Uh, yeah, overall, I didn't actually give my, my rating on the the WrestleTalk News because I forgot. Um, I genuinely don't know. It's it's beca- Well, because I'm questioning it, it's a four out of five show.
1: That's usually how I do yeah. things. So this is a this was a very interesting episode for me because it was during the six man tag of Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Laredo Kid and the Lucha Bros where I was like, "God, this is amazing! This is absolutely fantastic! What an average show of AEW!" Like, it's, yes,
2: it's... that's what I felt.
1: Yes. <laughs> And it's like, what a horrible, like, what a good situation to be in. Like, you know, of like the worst case scenario, which is just like, oh, I'm getting another another fantastic two hours of television. And they go like, that's a, just a, a bang average episode of AEW. This is just what they do on a week-to-week basis. What a great situation to be in. And I'm very, very happy about that. But yeah, I, I guess a four out of five show as well. Christian had his debut match in seven <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty standard promo. show oh, so far. Yeah. Really awesome six-man tag. A phenomenal main event. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty bang average, I guess. We are incredibly, incredibly lucky.
2: Omega Chats to get through as well, so let's jump into it. Remember, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get them in. We'll read every single one out, starting with Phantom FTW. Last year, when he debuted, Jake... Okay, this is an interesting point. I forgot to bring it up. Have you heard this? I have not. Last year, when he debuted, Jake the Snake called Cody Caesar in a promo. Now, Cody is betrayed by his friend before his peers in the Ides of March. Uh, His empire revolted against him for his self-serving nature while he had no idea he was walking into a trap.
1: That's quite beautiful, really.
2: really good. I've seen this shared around a lot, and I, I was like, wow, that's 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 good, but actually, Cody gets turned on by his best friend every other month. So, Absolutely well. could have just thrown a dart. Uh, Stephen Guzman, <laughs> holy S word, one of my fave episodes just off the fact every, uh, I wasn't excited for Rocked. I always look forward to Dynamite, but not the QT stuff. Yet yeah, that was awesome. I went from QT's a dick to Cody's a dick to QT's a dick to QT's a smart dick. He is a smart dick, like like Sullivan Brown. Stephen Goodsman there liking the smart dick David 99 met should we call Qt's newest faction the nightmare family 2.0 or the daydreamers I think surely the nightmare Collective right
1: well I mean that totally works for me I don't think I'd call them the daydreamers it sounds too nice like maybe we've got like the monkeys sir wasn we... who was it who did daydream... it? Daydream believer it was the monkeys. Yeah, it was the monkeys wasn't it yeah. yeah daydream believer yeah cool it was
2: I was right and that and Tony Khan should spend the Khan coin to get that as their entrance <laughs> I, music.
1: I, I, honestly, it's the monkeys. I don't think it's going to come that. That's not going to be that expensive. Yeah, come oh, pretty it's a classic. I know it's a classic. You can probably pick it up quite cheap these days. It's not like the Beatles, Ch- is it?
2: Sir cheweth I saw a post on Reddit about the Cody QT match, which brings up how Jake Roberts calls Cody Julius Caesar almost a year ago when he shows up with Lance Archer. Now Cody loses one of his closest friends. Coincidence? Maybe, but I love to believe it anyway. I think it is a coincidence, but um, you can sort of... I had this really good... I'm doing a writing class. Oh, I'm going to derail this slightly. Oh, I love it. A, manu- manu- <gasps> a manuscript. <gasps> yes, the manuscript. <laughs> book Arrived today in the post. Book one. Uh, oh, amazing! Yeah, this was uh, this was, this was very cool. It was very. I haven't actually many pages? seen it in the flesh. 180 A4, so it's probably 300 in a book. Ooh, that's, that's but awesome. my my writing tutor always says to me, if someone reads your work and comes to you and says, "Oh my god, I love what you did here, here, and here," because it means this, and you didn't mean that, you just sit back and you go, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's what AEW are in the position of because they've, you know, yeah. we, we love them so much. We can sort of say, hey, they probably meant that. It's
1: yeah, because, like, in, in other feuds, they've planted seeds on purpose that fans have then gone back. So I think now, in, whenever something happens, we're like, where were the seeds? Let's just go back yeah. and find all the seeds that were planted.
2: We do the, the they're outsourcing context. That's all <laughs> we, we do the work for
1: them. Outsourcing uh, context.
2: Do you want to take over?
1: I'll take it. I'll hot tag in. Uh, Sorry, says two veterans who know each other incredibly well, putting on a clinic and making a statement in so many ways. Perfect choice having Kazarian as Christian's first opponent. I was not ready for that match being the opener, but it set the mood. There was an interesting choice as well, because if you are just flicking through the channels, is what they kind of talk about with wrestling, is like, you know, you've watched the know, basketball that's on before it or what have you, whatever was on before, dynamite, and you're sticking around, you may catch up the first opening five minutes minutes and if you see something that you haven't seen for 20 years and you're like oh i watched that guy 20 years ago it might make you stick around and watch so yeah i thought it was a smart choice sorry continues um you know you have gotten invested when your emotions are all over the place while watching segments thanks to aew i truly want to see mox and the young bucks versus kenny and the good brothers match but then at the same time i don't Ugh. next week it's happening we didn't talk about that Um, abortion reborn said thoughts negative uh, thought oh right there's various thoughts Uh, they accidentally booked Christian in a Derby Allen match and (laughs) with Aaron Kip have their game broken wedding ruined beaten in a 4 on 3 handicap match and yet they're the heels I
2: saw someone say the the best friends also beat the numbers advantage
1: you know that's psychologically backwards I was like come on uh, Charles Berg, AEW fans, we want better women's wrestling. Tony Khan, okay, we'll have them attempt to murder <laughs> each other. AEW fans, wait, what? Uh, best friends in their best moments are characters from Kevin Smith films. That ending had a 90s film aura, kawaii. Uh, totally Benny agree. Boy, there is 04, says, add Laredo Kid and Alex Abrahantes to Death Triangle to make them Death Pentagon. That, funny enough, is our WhatsApp group name for work.
2: as uh, a um- because more people joined since they were fine
1: rich ruined it so we had to change it to i think it's heptagon now whereas we don't yeah death heptagon
0: because rich
1: joined and messed everything up um rain tech love you rich Uh, i was so afraid that christian might not have it anymore i mean it has been seven years i'm so glad he still got it really looking forward to all of his matches now captain charisma is back in full swing uh, eric chan said statlander used to carry a chuck taylor custom figure in bte talk about long-term storytelling leon kwashi i think i'll uh i'll load up on that khan coin the khan checks and um, this is my favorite dynamite in a long while christian is a god at selling nxt building up to takeover and aew building up to whatever so much better than raw and smackdown to some degree Kit said, I had so much fun watching this episode. The part with MJF and the toilet had me squirming. It's interesting, squirming. Um, Dylan TV, Moxley is the best promo in wrestling right now. He could sell me on any match in five minutes. Genuinely look forward to his weekly promo. Yeah, actually, I really do agree with that. Although Eddie Kingston is there. Um New Punk rant said, hold up, Ollie Chan. Cutest in the world. I'm clamoring for Qt. He reminds me of DDP a bit and is criminally underrated. I know he's going to build a legacy. I'm also insanely <coughs> excited for Solo to get a spotlight. TK is flexing hard right now with the pen. Yeah, I,
2: I like QT as well. Um, but I, I think there is, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, Cody stuff, boring. And that seems mm-hmm. to be the general thing. I'm like, how often does Cody need to have amazing storylines for people to get excited? But I would I, like I, I understand them because sometimes that happens to me as well at the start of stuff. Wilson
1: Simons, the Arcade Anarchy and the Adam Cole vs. Kyle, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly <laughs> hype packages are the reasons why I love the sport of kings. Isn't wrestling effing great? Yes. Zachary Jenkins, the Inner Circle beatdown was everything I needed. I loved every second, but why did they beat up Tully? He's just an old man. Thanks for being awesome, guys. I lost my mum last week, and Restalk has made me feel better. Jam that jam. So sorry to hear that.
2: Yeah, sorry, Zachary. Long-running viewer, Zachary, there thoughts awesome, are with you. Jam that jam. Absolutely.
1: Jam that jam. Sorry, says Don Callis with Matt Jackson. The whole thing just gets better every week. Callis has a point, though. Old Matt would have just punched Callis in the face. I wonder what will be the thing to break the bucks and get them to fire back. It will happen eventually.
2: Um, I, do, I, I love this. I much prefer this to what they were doing in the FTR feud. But in that feud, they just super kicked Marvez for no reason. And so I that's kind win. of... That's kind of the old, the
1: Bucks. Right? When, we've had this as um, a couple of chats in the mailbag recently, but I just wanted to see what your thoughts on this. Do you think that the Young Bucks work as baby faces? Because there are a few people who think they should just be
0: heels.
2: <clears throat> no, they're tweeners. I know it's, it's almost white noise when you say, oh, but they're tweeners. Uh, I think they are. I think they're genuine characters, well-rounded enough that they just do them. And as long as the, the sort of motivations make sense, be they heal or face actions, that, that, that's
1: what they are. So I think they work it perfectly. Sarah Sullivan, my roommate, all girl, didn't enjoy last week's episode that the Inner Circle Pinnacle Brawl and the Arcade Anarchy match completely won them back. I loved this AEW so much. My first time ever seeing Trent, and he is a hunk. Hangman and Trent in a hunk on a pole
2: match sarah getting thirsty there i remember she (laughs) didn't she uh omega chat in for the uh the thunder rosa brit baker match because showed it to all of her housemates there i think your roommates have a significant bloodlust if these are the segments they're getting into
1: yeah i mean she's not wrong though. trent is a bit of a hunk um i don't know if he's the hunkiest though in aew because i mean hangman pages are right there i think he is the hunkiest of the hunkies um and ethan page the ds davis remember last week when i said trent was returning even I popped because the stat ladder returner threw me off this episode reminds me why i love wrestling it felt like a call your friends wrestling again and i called three of them to talk about it afterwards Oops, that's cool sarah's back again i love the silly seriousness of aew they pull it off so well the B, the best friend standing in the ring and pointing towards sue while the pixies playing in the background was 2000s movie ending kind of vibe i checked out stardom it's great thank you for the recommendation excellent i really hope you enjoy that i hope you're enjoying church of joshi as well uh sir Chewith, i love the new theme for orange cassidy a close friend of mine who's a musician does a nice cover of it only in a british tone Great show, nonetheless. Four out of five for me, plus one for Sue. Also (laughs) want to shout out the mods for their great work. Much love, as always. I will hot tag back to you. Thanks, mods.
2: Always love the mods. David99met, off topic, but what are your lads' thoughts on the new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title design? That's a mouthful. Uh, Yeah, I don't like it.
1: Yeah we talked about this on the raw podcast. I am um, I, yeah it's a nice tribute to like the old design, but I think it looks like a belt WWE would make and I don't mean that as a uh,
2: compliment. Domaloanna, it's been a weird 18 months. a four-month world cruise turned into 32 days at sea, sailing back to UK from Indonesia, businesses wow. struggling through lockdown, then our first son, Casper born last December. Thank you wrestle talk and Quizzlemania, you kept me smiling. Oh wow, that is a that's a, a journey and a half. But glad we could be some service, Dom Loanna. Uh Poet the Poet's Poet, today is not just April Fool's Day. It's also the birthday of a longtime member of the SWAF Nation, Eric, who also recently became a registered nurse here in Insert Justin Roberts Impression here, North Carolina.
1: That's oh, so congratulations, cool. Eric. Congrats. Absolutely. That's so awesome. Thank you so much. Gabriel Caruso. Service. Gabriel Caruso. Hey Luke, at the Reading
2: Festival. They allow camping, or do you have to exit the premises every day after the show is over? The Pixies are one of my teenage favourites. Wave of mutilation oh, for the win.
1: Um, you can camp at Reading Festival, but I um, I've only camped once because I used to live in Reading, so I could walk to Reading Festival. It was like forty minutes from my front door. So me and my friends, when we went because we went for like ten years straight, we just used to walk there, um, like from sort of ninety nine onwards and it was just grand and then i would just go like if i got you know died i would just walk back home um and i could have a shower every day it was pretty lovely in fact actually if you sat out in my parents garden if the wind was in the right direction you could hear the set as clear as day it was amazing
2: i will be camping at the isle of Wight festival this september will pandemic pending i will who's, yeah. who's playing uh of course kaiser chiefs i think it's kaiser chiefs for four <laughs> days straight <laughs> The guy you, was I the only one who thought he saw Tomco or a Tomco-like bald-looking guy in the heel <laughs> section during Christian's match? I
1: think it was just if, you. If, if it was Tomco, they would have made a deal out of the fact that it was Tyson Tomco. Barbara
2: Barbara, Nicole Pitts just finished your Raw review just as this one started. I love to hear you both love wrestling again after the slog that was Monday. This company. But in a good way. Jam that jam. This I com- what you're oh, gonna do.
1: oh great. this company.
2: <laughs> Myron Speed, I can't watch live because my stupid new job ruined my AEW watching schedule. So here's some beer money for my favourite wrestle lads and Mr. Davis. Hope it tides you over until your next beer 52 crate. Thanks for making the last few months less awful. Thank you, Myron. Uh, Scott Young, appreciate the NXT reviews coming back. Obviously, if it doesn't work, doesn't work then getting rid of them is okay because you need to run a business. And if it doesn't work in a business sense, then that's fine. Hope you guys are doing good. Thank
1: you, Scott, for being understanding. That's exactly yeah, the case. That's exactly <laughs> uh, the New case. Punk we've, got one mo- we've got one month to make it work, and bye, I am, I am going to make this work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you all sit down and watch it.
2: New Punk Rants. I'm a
1: mark, but I don't care,
2: really. I get six hours of AEW wrestling, BTE, Sammy's vlog, and endless entertainment in a crazy world. Isn't the point to be invested? Lol. But it is weird that fans like me get pushback for enjoying the product. Hashtag forever all elite yeah some people just don't want aw to be a success for some weird hateful reason i guess james hanley i've decided to throw my undying support for mr davis to forever hold the championship i'm sorry lukewarm luke owen but i've got three words for you why not penta how's that my fault yeah. Dylan Snar. <laughs> hey guys, great show. I have a report no one's talking about, so here's a wrestle talk exclusive. Last night's women's tag was champion and number one contender teaming up. WWE booking to <laughs> AEW confirmed. Hashtag cute that cute. Hashtag jam that jam. Keith Lloyd, I know people don't want to hear it, but AEW is the best thing to happen to WWE. Can you imagine a WWE during the lockdown era of the pandemic without AEW? Keep it up. Keep up the wonderful work. Mr. Davis is a glad jam that jam.
1: I Uh, I would go on a limb there, Keith, and I would say it would be the exact same show. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: But we we
2: wouldn't have anything else. Oh, yeah. Awful. Uh, Levy Noosman, how do you feel about the potential of a faction title in AEW that could be defended by any combination of faction members? It could be a trios belt, secondary women's or tag belt, a tertiary singles belt,
1: or could be defended in larger five-on-five matches. We had this as a Patreon mailbag uh, last week, or maybe the week before, well, Yeah, where well, someone was saying like, a faction title instead of just introducing a trios belt. So it can be defended in a variety of different ways. I don't think I'm that keen on the idea. I think it's very messy. And I think that if you are trying to bring in new fans, that is a way to like instantly confuse them.
2: Yeah. I I think trios is more than suitable to do that job without the uh, sort of confusing some people not being, hey, it gets too awkward. Mark L. Is it too obvious that the young bucks betray max next week to allow Oh, Mox. Uh, Mox next week to allow Mox to take his long-needed maternity leave. Uh, I don't want that to happen, but I could see it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: maybe. I mean, it is a live episode as well, so there is every chance they could do a real big angle to to end off the show. Maybe this is the Bucks joining up with the super elite. I don't know, but I, I, I am kind of intrigued by that.
2: Life After Death, AEW really does it right, and watching you guys excited to review the show is just good S-word, and finally, Nate S, since you guys are starting a Limp Bizkit-inspired band, can your first signal single please, please, please be a new metal
1: cover of WAP? I mean, the first thing we're going to do in our Limp Bizkit band that we're going to start is doing uh, a cover of when Vanilla Rice went new metal, and he did uh, his new metal version of Ice Ice Baby. I think that would be a real good base for us to kind of, like, get started as a group.
2: None of that crudeness. None of the crudeness <laughs> of
1: WAP. <laughs> Ever.
2: Okay. Thank you, everybody, ever so much. Remember to subscribe here to Wrestle Talk Podcast. Go over to the Wrestle Talk channel and watch the latest episode of Wrestle Talk News. Some interesting stuff from Vince McMahon and Edge and the NXT news coming out of last night's episode and all my thoughts that you've already just heard. Also, next week is a huge WrestleMania go home week where it's me versus Luke, points versus hair. It's all on the line. Oh, I'm, and taking I'm gonna it. keep my hair. No, you're not. No, you're not. Take I'm your gonna get I'm
1: getting all that hair. Oh, that hair on your yes. arm. I'm getting it. The hair on your chest. Getting that. The hair on your tum tum. Getting that. The hair on your bum bum. Getting that too. Your gooch. You know that gooch? All that hair down there. I'm getting it all. Oh, I'm getting it all on WrestleMania week. Jam that jam. Fist me, bro. Jam that no. jam. Jam that jam. Fist me. Fist me. There he Jam that jam it's uh, a bit of a long weekend are you working tomorrow are you you taken the day off
2: i have the bank holiday off tomorrow but i'm doing a half day on monday to get that news to people people need <clears throat> their wrestling news oh, but yeah it's that americans don't take holiday from what i understand they don't have nationally distributed ones but over, loads. they don't have like
1: ah really? they have yeah, yeah. They've got bloody months of history. Yeah, sure. Well, no, but they've also got, like, Labor Day is a national holiday. Oh, yeah, um, but President's have, like, Day. But not... They don't get any others.
2: They've got, like, two or three days. Thanksgiving's another one, I think. We've got mm. eight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and actually, they're trying to get them to, like, make more of them. Like, they wanted the Queen's birthday to be one. That's what I've petitioned for for many years. And actually, like, July... So July 21st, which is when like all of our lockdown restrictions are out, out the window, like they, people want that to be a bank holiday, a new, new Piss bank holiday. Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the pubs are open. so Let's go and like leave trash everywhere. Pick it up, people.
2: St. Patrick's Day. They call that in America, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there you go. There's Everyone just one. gets smashed.
1: Yeah, but I and don't do think that's
2: uh, that's not an actual holiday. They don't get it off.
1: Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure I've watched films uh, where there's like St. Patrick's Day parades.
2: But that's just be sure because fug-
1: people don't go to work. I get the Fugitive, I think, there's has got a, a scene that's at a St. Patrick's, a Patrick's day. day parade.
2: Maybe Is it, it happened at a weekend day? because it's the 17th of March. Mm-hmm. Public, hol- public holidays in America. Public holidays in USA. Here we go. They get...
1: This is where you're gonna find nine. Out lines. <laughs> <laughs> but Saint was- Patrick's Day isn't one of them. So oh, okay, do, you wanna, do you want to name them all? Okay, well this this a game. Well, me and my wife did this recently, trying to name states uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, we had a cracking one, <clears> me and my lady partner
2: before to, to sort of get us to sleep, but it was so exciting. We we stayed up <laughs> half an hour longer. Chocolate bars you'd find on a supermarket end
1: of the checkout counter. Oh, I like it. Uh, i go. We food. went forever. <laughs> Double decker, a fudge. Yeah, yeah. Dairy milk, mm-hmm. caramel, Twix. Yeah, Kit Kat, Kit Kat chunky, Bounty. Oh, what's that red one? What's that called with the nuts in it? With the nuts? Could, in. Yeah, like a trek bar, maybe.
2: Hmm. Don't know if I'll accept trek bar. That seems
1: too healthy. Um, Skittles.
2: Oh, we Maltesers. did have
1: Skittles. Yeah, Skittles are going to be on there. Maltesers. Yeah. Now you're getting yeah. into the bags. An arrow, mint arrow. Mm hmm. Caramac.
2: Caramac was my. I had that in my back pocket for the whole game. I thought I'm not playing this early.
1: <laughs> you want to save a Caramac, mate? Caramac uh, is the
2: thinking man's vending machine chocolate. A Lion Bar,
1: Munches. Oh, that's a real. That's a great one. That's a proper one. Like to save towards the end.
2: That was yeah, and I was saving it. And Anna on like the third go just went Munches. I was like, What are you even <laughs> trying to win here? She was like, "No, I just thought we were trying to name them all." I was like, "No, this is a competition."
1: <laughs> anyway, um, so yes. uh, American holidays, Labor Day—that's one. President's Day,
2: not a not a holiday.
1: Oh man, I thought I would be. Is that, Labor Day's the only one I could think of because I think you don't—you're not supposed to wear white or something. I think Christian Case did a joke about it with Jeff Jarrett in TNA. I didn't get it. I always uh,
2: remember that. The- Uh, all out weekend now, isn't
1: it? Yeah, is Black Friday uh, a national holiday? No, oh, is it just a sale? Okay, gun day (laughs) only happened
2: like four years ago. There is no gun day, no, although you know, there's there's an obvious one that could be attributed to gun
1: day July 4th, yes, okay, (laughs) yeah, Independence Day, yes, that's right. It is called Independence Day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the aliens. (laughs)
2: Which annoyingly is Monday, the 5th of July this year, it says here, well, because otherwise it would it be on months, a, a yeah, Sunday. So,
1: yeah. What else is there then?
2: Uh, obviously, Christmas Day, New Year's Day. Oh, of course, oh, well,
1: those. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Oh, so there's eight. There's eight. They've counted New Year's Day twice because it's on a Friday this year. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, mm. because it would be on a Saturday, otherwise something right okay uh so you could have had martin luther king jr day Day.
1: of course yeah yeah mlk day Yeah, yeah Yeah. memorial day yeah that's also gun related i guess
2: that's on 31st of may uh independence day you've had labor day you've had veterans day thursday mm-hmm. the 11th of november we've got the 11th of november as like remembrance day but we don't have a yeah. national holiday for it uh no just thanksgiving yeah thanksgiving. come on luke head in the thanksgiving. game i said oh,
1: thanksgiving
2: but no Actually. boxing day
1: no that's that's a very much a uk thing i guess um well what a fun podcast this has been we're unfortunately gonna destroy <laughs> <laughs> got to, to draw it to a close. Maybe I'll do this quiz with Denise tomorrow. Uh, you can tune in uh, for the rest of the podcast. Her own here, country's public holidays. Oh, dude, I mean, she got seven points on Quizomania this week. Seven <laughs> points across four rounds. You got seven points. Um, so it's yeah, a good time. It's a good time. Oh, look, I've got to go. <laughs> no, oh no, you can't just leave me. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.